In the Well Christian Healing Centre, through the years, we have prayed for hundreds, and it is actually thousands of people. Sometimes we perhaps only meet a guest once or twice. Maybe they've travelled a long way. Sometimes we do have, and many times, we have the privilege of what we would call journeying with our guests. Maybe they are facing a particular life's event. It might be something to do with um, a medical condition. It might be something to do with a relationship. It might be something to do with their work, their community, their church. And so they come to the well and we always try, if a guest comes back, we always try to get a continuity that there will be, we pray in pairs and at least one of the uh, team will be with them the next time. It doesn't always work out like that, but often that's what we're aiming for. And I've had the privilege of journeying with you, haven't I, Vari, for some time now. And it is such a pleasure to invite you here tonight to share your story. Uh, I... Uh, obviously know quite a lot about it and it was such a joy when you said yes to my invitation because I wasn't quite sure what you were going to say but I was really happy that fact that you wanted to be part of our 2018 program and so it is um, our great pleasure to welcome you. I'm going to pray for you and then hand over to great. you and Margaret. Thank so. you very much. So, Father God, thank you for Vari, thank you for her friend Margaret, and thank you, Father, that you never give up on us. Thank you that you're a God who never uh, forsakes us. Um, and just thank you for Vari, thank you for her story, thank you that you are with her. And I pray now for both Vari and Margaret that you will fill them with your peace and your Holy Spirit as they share Vari's story. Lord, may you bless them richly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much indeed, Anne. My story. So a bit about me. I'm, my name is Mary McClintock. I'm originally from Glasgow. And I have two sons. Um, my background is working with people on the margins, uh, which have included people... I've been working with people who are homeless and working in prisons and working as a hospice chaplain and a prison chaplain. Hospital chaplain. Ah, great, excuse me. <laughs> I was called to ministry some time ago. Oh, excuse me, we'll start again. I was called to ministry and studied for four years at Manchester's Northern College, going to Manchester, there and back, every week. I was ordained and served as a United Reformed Church minister at Abbey Hill United Reformed Church in Kenilworth. Two years ago, I started to struggle with certain aspects of my daily life. I put this down, put this down to the menopause, a demanding job, and the fact that my twin brother <coughs> died, and my mother-in-law and father-in-law also died. <coughs> excuse me, very quickly, in quick succession to each other. However, when I finally got in touch with the doctor, um, it transpired that I have, well, apart from my croaky voice, <coughs> <coughs> that I have the early onset of dementia, which, as you can imagine, was a bit of a blow. So we're now going to show you just a short two-minute video clip of... Um, Vari speaking about what happened around that time.
Avara, you're a United Reformed Church minister. When I first met you, you were working in pastoral charge and regularly preaching. And then one day you had a very public and um, frightening experience. It was during communion and I had um, given the words of institution um, and I had gone to pick up the elements to distribute them and I couldn't see them. Well, I wasn't sure what was going on at all. I was very perplexed about the whole thing. And then in actual fact, I thought perhaps I had a brain tumour. No, it wasn't. It was um, the fact that I've got early onset of dementia. It was a horrible thing to hit, wasn't it? I felt as if I'd been hit by a 20-ton truck. Mm, sure. And because there isn't a cure, just thinking, so what happens? Right. What next? You try to immediately... Start planning for the future, because that's what's recommended by the clinicians. You know, make sure you've got everything. Your power of attorney. Start writing a will. If you haven't already done so, um, some people encourage you to plan your funeral. You saw a consultant from the uh, occupational therapy who who really rather put a damper on things for you, didn't he? Basically, what happened was I was written off during the occupational health assessment and um, it was basically said that I would be, that they would recommend that I should be um, discharged under the grounds of ill health. But you weren't prepared to accept that that was the end? I actually had to remind him that under the Disability Act that he had to talk to me about the things that I could potentially do and was willing to do. I think the church has got a huge role to play because it's about communities coming together um, for people, it enables people to walk alongside people in a really hard journey, which is different for everybody. Everybody's um, journey is different, but there are commonalities about it. Um, and actually, I believe that Jesus would have been walking alongside people with dementia. But it's on a big sheet of paper that I would not lead a narrow life. I also was determined that I wouldn't be labelled a dementia sufferer. I am living well with dementia and I can, I constantly am challenged. Which might be quite a feeling for you lot at the moment as I stumble, but actually now and then I can be completely fluid and other times I'm not. However, so please bear with us. Thank you. Okay, Brené Brown. Brené Brown wrote a book called Daring Greatly, and that's how I want to live. And just a quote from Brené Brown, with whom some of you may be familiar. She says, When we numb the dark, we numb the light too. I can lean into joy even when it makes me feel tender and vulnerable. To love with your whole heart, to celebrate, to fully engage with a life that doesn't come with guarantees. These are risks that involve vulnerability and pain. When we lose our tolerance, for vulnerability and pain and discomfort, we also lose joy. So, thinking of joyful things, Rari, very soon after the diagnosis, um, you felt that God was saying to you, come to the banquet. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes, for some reason, I was, um, the day after I had my diagnosis, um, when everything was all over the place, um, I felt a sense of peace and I felt it actually whether I imagined it or whatever that God was saying come to the banquet and it felt like to me that God was saying I'm going to be taking you in a journey a different journey and it starts now but that did give me actually a lot of confidence and a lot of hope mm. And we'd like to tell you a few more things that got Vari through 
at this point of the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And the first one was, whether God engineered it or not, but the following week was, uh, was Dementia Awareness Week, which is usually around the middle of May, two years ago. Mm -hmm. And there was a BBC programme that we both watched. There was, there was a BBC programme hosted by Angela Rippon, who um, basically talked and talked about people with how people could be supported with dementia and how people shouldn't be necessarily um, written off or think that all is lost. And believe me, people told me that all was lost. I was told when I had the diagnosis that this was the, possibly the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone, which wasn't great news on top of the other bits Especially of when said from a national health professional as it was. That's true. Well, <laughs> moving on. Um, moving on. And there was this particularly inspiring lady in that programme, wasn't there? There was. There was a wonderful lady called Jennifer Butte, who is a GP, and she actually has early onset of dementia too and continues to do masses of wonderful work. I found her, I thought having had that dreadful account of the clinician saying that absolutely everything was lost, actually seeing people like Jennifer Pute and others, which we'll um, have a slide at soon, mm -hmm. I thought I can do my best not to live that narrowed life that I would take every opportunity <laughs> to make the most of life and to just, it does make you really think about what's really important and how things go. Mm. Um, so in a way, you know, I'm doing lots of lovely things because if not, now when? <laughs> and on exactly that theme, what's the name of Jennifer Butte's website? Jennifer Butte's website is Glorious Opportunities. And if you're involved in a church where people may have dementia, that's the first place you should look up. There's loads of stuff about um, how to interact with people yeah. with dementia. There's What's resources. The there's, there's, a, there's a ready-made PowerPoint to show your church on how to be dementia-friendly, because she's a Christian. Yeah, so. a huge inspiration <coughs> and still doing masses. So another inspiration was, we're going to get a slide up. This chap, oh, yes. who you may recognise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Terry Pratchett. Any fans in the room? <laughs> <laughs> Terry Pratchett also had early onset of dementia, the same sort of dementia. It's a rarer form of dementia, but the same sort of um, thing that I have. And again, he was an inspiration. He's a man well, in different circumstances to mine, but um, he continued to write um, blockbuster, another block, three blockbusters um, after his diagnosis. So I think the things that Jennifer does, the things that Terry Pratchett reinforces the fact that all is not lost. It's very difficult, but all is not lost. And just before you go on, I'm going to read what it said, what Terry Pratchett is holding up on his board in case anybody can't read it, because it's a bit of a fuzzy photograph. It says, it's possible to live well with dementia and write bestsellers like what I do. <laughs> so other examples of things that were a support to you in those early days after your diagnosis. Well, up at the top of it is actually coming here to the well. Um, it was just marvellous for me and the rest of my family to come and be prayed for, to be supported and to be encouraged. Um, and to say that, this would, that they're willing, that's what they love to do, is to enable people and pray for people when folk are going through difficult times. Um, I've been to the well many times before. Um, and I'm very grateful to, and my family are very grateful to all the support that we've had. And just knowing that somebody else is praying for you and your loved ones. Mm -hmm. 
because you're all here. <laughs> you know that. It's, it's really valuable. And then there's a couple of support groups um, that you belong to that you've said give you a reason to get up in the morning. Yes. Um, one is an early onset group, which is in um, Morig. Um, and everybody there has the same diagnosis. And we have a lot of, lots of laugh, a lot of sharing. Again, it's building up a little community of people because you do feel, or can, there's a danger of feeling isolated. So it's really good that when people get together, when we normally don't necessarily get all our words right, <laughs> but we can laugh about it together. And then there's a group at the Belgrade Theatre, isn't there? Uh, well, thanks for thank you, Margaret. Yes, Belgrade Theatre. Um, when I did my, I will not leave a narrowed life. I thought, okay, so what's near me that I can walk to um, and engage with? Um, and it was a Belgrade Theatre. And believe me, I've not necessarily been somebody that does a lot of singing, dancing. I do a lot of singing and dancing but not necessarily out there. <laughs> My moves, I haven't really got any moves. <laughs> but I'm doing all sorts of interesting things at the Belgrade, um, which revolve around um, art in different capacities. Yeah. Um, your consultant was also very encouraging, wasn't he? That was a blessing to have somebody who yeah, encouraged you. Encouraged me which was wonderful. My consultant um, basically told me that there are opportunities for people with dementia. That it depends on the, your circumstances, but many people who have dementia continue to work. And I'm very grateful that the, the West Midlands United Reformed Church, she's synod, Moderator. Moderator, excuse me, don't yeah. tell him. I forgot that bit. <laughs> um, encouraged me to continue, that they would look for ways that I could continue to be involved in ministry. Um, as he thought, which was very encouraging, that I may be down, but I definitely wasn't out. <laughs> and so we believe that you are definitely the first church synod advocate for Dementia Friendly Church. I am. In a paid capacity in the country. Yes. And that's thanks really to the vision of what yourself, but also Steve your, Yeah, Steve yeah. Faber, who's supported you. Yeah. And you're, um, so you're, well, you're going ahead before others. You're a pioneer. Yes. Yeah. That's a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> no. But it's a tremendous opportunity. Um, and I do get assistance. Um, and things are moderated for me, so to speak. But it does mean that everything is not all lost. Mm. So, let me just catch up with you. <laughs> so, I think we're going to tell everybody a bit more about what that role means. And, obviously, because Mari is not only has she the first one in this role, but it, nobody else has ever done one either. So it's a learning experience, isn't it? And you're developing it as you go. go but the current role is supporting churches and society as a whole beyond the church to be more inclusive. That's both practically and in the way that we think uh, about dementia and in our expectations or lack of them. Um, because you've experienced the um, lack of expectations that some people have, haven't you? Yes. Um, dementia brings along with it a lot of stigma um, and a lot of assumptions. Um, and one of the things that I battle with are people putting me in a box, putting me in a place where I am not yet <laughs> and probably won't be, um, which is quite frustrating, really. Mm. So people make assumptions and just because they haven't got dementia, sorry, folks, <laughs> this is the point, um, they're often that um, people make assumptions about what I can do, which is understandable. It's a huge challenge for churches. Um, but also perhaps don't think things through at times. For example, I was 
um, at church and with my husband sitting beside him in the view and somebody came with uh, an envelope which was addressed to me but he gave it to my husband even though I was sat there right there but he didn't for some reason because I've got he didn't think that it should I should have it um, so that can be a challenge actually mm. um, and I've had people saying to me would you like um, does she take sugar in her tea yeah <clears throat> which we thought might or have to him or yeah. to him yeah yeah, mm. yeah. So that's we've, we've nicknamed them does she take sugar moments no, now haven't we we have yeah, yeah. so um, and then you've heard from other people um, their experiences yes and I'm and I'm very blessed with friends but um, who have kept in touch. There hasn't been an issue. But I do know people in our little group who haven't had the same experience as soon as it's discovered that um, that person has dementia. Then people have backed off, not knowing what to do, not knowing what to say. Um, but that's really hurtful for the, the family that's then left, having been friends with lots of folk and then people because of the stigma attached to it um, yeah haven't continued in their lives and what's your advice if they don't know what to say sometimes I don't know what to say I say I'm really sorry don't know what to say but I'm really sorry to hear about your diagnosis and I'll pray for you because that's better than crossing the street yeah yeah and running off and from that yeah. in that sense it's a bit like a bereavement isn't it I think we've probably either experienced ourselves or have people close to us who've had that experience. Mm -hmm. um, and this is kind of similar. And we don't know what to say. And that is all right. But we can say that rather than yes, say nothing. nothing. So um, some of what Vari's current role includes is exploring and advertising how we can enable people with dementia to be included in society and church, both physically with, with physical, emotional, and psychological responses. Um, for example, the Belgrave Theatre asked you to give them some advice, didn't they? I did, I can, um, because many people with dementia have visual spatial difficulties or um, needs particular lighting, then very practically, I've gone around a number of churches in different places, including the Belgrave Theatre, walking through the building just to find out if they're dementia friendly or not and that includes like the environment the colors colors includes can be colors stairs stairs like this can look like a corridor to someone with um, visual spatial problems um, so and good lighting yeah and just simple good. things like that and big signage well, big, well, big signage is good big signage yes yeah particularly big signage on toilets yes and an exit sign on the oh, on and ladies' an loo, yeah, yeah. An exit sign so that people can remember loo. how to get out. <laughs> it's simple, isn't it, when you think about it, when you put yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, so I'm going to get this next up in the slides. Okay. Okay. So, Laurie's um, going to read something which gives draw, draw, draws a picture of what a dementia-friendly church might look like. Yeah. A dementia-inclusive a dementia church is one that believes people with dementia, dementia can still walk with God and be spiritually alive, still able to learn and have new... Oh, hang on. Yeah, I need that back. Um, still have... Oh, where have we gone? Able to learn. Learn and still have something of worth to offer mm -hmm. and contribute, even if there needs to be someone who helps facilitate this. A dementia-inclusive church is one that provides a warm welcome for everyone, where friendly people introduce themselves in context and are willing to sit alongside the person with dementia if they are sitting on their own. A dementia-inclusive church does not make someone with dementia feel a nuisance. So, I just thought, introduction in context, there's a subtle difference between, hello, do you remember me? 
and the person's left with panic, or, hello, we've met before, my name's Margaret, and we met at Varif House. It's subtle, but it makes somebody feel so much more comfortable. Um, however, unfortunately, you have come across from other people some experiences of bad practice, haven't you? And Oh, yes, this was something that well, was really uh, sad, really. Um, an elderly lady came to me and told me her story. She was very upset, came to me, just wanted to chat about um, her situation. And she was in floods of tears. And it's because somebody in the church had asked her not to bring her husband to church because he had dementia. Um, and another thing, people may think it's not worth no, telling that their loved one or friend with dementia a happy story, or even visiting them, or even maybe bringing them to church to listen to the sermon, because they won't remember afterwards. However, what's very important is that their heart will remember, and their emotional state will be lifted by a visit, or the good news, even if their mind doesn't remember why. And does it matter that you can't remember why as long as you're feeling lifted and you're feeling God close to you? And this fact has been borne out by research in care homes when residents have been shown sad and happy films and then monitored people's mood. Yeah. So it, is, it does, um, it's really... A, interesting that people still mm. still feel some contact yeah. um, so dementia friendly practice of course also includes raising awareness, awareness of what not to do and we have had a couple of examples already but Vari how would you like folk to treat you I would like people to treat me as they would any other person. Um, I wouldn't, I would rather that people didn't call me love. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'd rather, yeah, there's only two people that can pat me on the head. <laughs> and that's my two tall sons. They're about this big, yeah? Don't, don't patronise me or take me or make assumptions about me. They also say, please don't assume to do things for me. Ask if I would like help with my coat being put on, um, rather than immediately yeah. just grabbing me and sort of yeah. <laughs> pulling me out of the door. Man handling or woman handling you. <laughs> and really what you're saying is don't be frightened yeah yeah don't yeah. be frightened of, of it yeah don't be frightened of me just yeah yeah i might have put you completely off now <laughs> um and then you've been out and about um beyond coventry as well i have um well we're beyond coventry now aren't we sorry <laughs> um spreading the word so Tell us what happened at Greenbelt last summer. Last summer, um, we held an intentional conversation at Greenbelt Festival, um, talking about dementia and how, if there are problems for churches, what sort of problems do people need to do to confront as church members? How do we help walk alongside people with dementia? How can we make things easier for people with dementia? So we can see that there were quite a lot of donuts in the back of your car. Yeah. Um, not, you don't need a reason for donuts, do you? But would you like to explain the link? The link was that we had um, an invitation. We made an invitation to say, because of Come to the Banquet, um, we wanted to have a nice setting and the fact that many people with dementia um, sometimes might forget to eat or the palate changes. 
but we found out from um, had conversations with people in the Alzheimer's Society who said sweet things are good to encourage people just to get in the mood and whatever. And the upshot of that was hundreds and hundreds of donuts. <laughs> I didn't eat them all. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've been to Soli Hall, URC Church, and they have a moments cafe. Yes, I love going to Soli Hall Church. Um, particularly, they have the, a moments cafe, um, which is a lovely place with lots of resources and help and support. And the thing that I really, really valued when I was talking to the um, the volunteers was the fact that they were so enthusiastic about being part of this group. Their feedback was, this is the best day of the week. My family know, don't ask me to do anything first thing on a Friday morning because we'll be at the Dementia Cafe and we're not missing it for anything. <laughs> so it can be very positive too. Um, and then Vari's got a blog. Um, its name is on, actually on the programme for this series of, of streams talks, so you can find it there. Um, but it's called Muntjacs and Unicorns. So I think that probably requires a bit of explanation. <laughs> Muntjacs and Unicorns, yes. Um, when I had had the diagnosis and before, there's one little pill you can have, one, one, um, and it only lasts for a wee while. So you make the most of it while you've got it. Um, and while I was getting up very early in the morning, because I couldn't settle and lots of things going around in my head, often I would be in the garden at five o'clock in, in the morning um, and making the most of the weather. And while I was there, as well as being blessed by seeing a heron and various other things, um, in the garden I came across a malt jack. And when I told my family that I had seen a monk jack, nobody believed me. <laughs> because you live in suburban Coventry, don't you? We do. So, yeah. Um, until... Until a friend, another minister, told me that there are many, many monk jacks spotted in Coventry because of the... Um, golf club because we live near a golf club so from then on there was a it became a bit of a thing for us in our family um, and when I went to bed the next night my eldest said son tonight mum you might see a unicorn <laughs> I'm still weeping <laughs> um, and then another thing that you're doing is organizing training isn't it for dementia awareness I'm doing yeah. that yes and we've got a um, session coming up next month yeah um, so Mari is also an ambassador for the Alzheimer's Society and as a result of this she's attended uh, quite a few events um, so up here we now have the former residence of Henry VIII <laughs> she did however come back with her head I'm happy to say um, <laughs> So tell us a bit about this dementia-friendly heritage site, wasn't it? Yes. I was invited by the Alzheimer's Society to do a talk um, about heritage sites and how to make dementia, heritage sites more dementia-friendly. What a gig. <laughs> <laughs> Hampton Court Palace, I will not lead a narrowed life. <laughs> um, yeah, it was amazing. But it was all, it's a real privilege, actually, to be asked that people are um, in institutions and um, in... Um, oh, I'm trying to think the right word. Organisations, that's it. Thank you very much. Organisations that are interested and want to make a difference, mm -hmm. you know, and to enable everybody to live as well as they can. Mm -hmm. And that's part of it rather than just closing a door and saying that we're not interested and there's nothing we can do. Mm. So wander off and, I don't know, do whatever. Mm. Yeah. And then you went to County Hall. I did. I went to County Hall, um, where I was a judge of the Alzheimer's Society. My husband and I were invited to, do, um, to be judges. To, um, and we had to go through lots and lots of paperwork 
um, to and make decisions about who we would recommend to become dementia friendly, the best dementia friendly. Um, and that was exciting too. And there's a couple of people, the pictures are up on the slides, there's a couple of people that you met there, one of whom will be familiar to people and the other probably won't. Yes. One of them up here, I don't know if you, see, yeah. you can see it. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. You see Angela Rippon and the other one is um, Jeremy Hughes, Hughes who um, is the head of the Alzheimer's Society. Um, and I had a lovely chat with him. His father was a non-conformist minister, um, but he's somebody that has dementia. And he's obviously in a really apt role. Um, but it was a real privilege to spend some time with people talking about it. Mm. I mean, the big wig. I mean, that's pretty good, <laughs> isn't it? Well, uh, yeah. Tamara and Hugh came back all excited that they met Angela Rippon. My response was, well, lucky Angela Rippon. She's <laughs> met Vari, yeah? Um, and then you've taken part in several research projects, haven't you? Oh, yes. I think the pictures probably speak for themselves. It's um, not very flattering, is it? I'm assured that the one in the middle, she wasn't about to jump out of a plane. No. <laughs> in spite of appearances. She's not strapped up with a parachute. Yeah. It was something to do with balance and having to sort yeah. of stand up and, stand up and have your balance and assessed. Turn me upside down and do all sorts of things. <laughs> and the people that have encouraged me to do this are my sons, actually. They've just said, nothing will change if people don't do research. Mm. So on you go, mother. <laughs> Um, then there was the Faith, Culture and Dementia Conference. Yes. I actually couldn't make that. I'd been invited to it, but I did put... Um, I wrote something and my, a friend was, read it. But it's basically... It's um, nationally, and all faiths are looking at how people can ensure that people with dementia can live as well as they can. And you're on the NHS Advisory Board group oh, yes. in Coventry. And Coventry, yes. I don't really have much, too much to say about that. No, but, you, but well, particularly after some of the experience you've had, you've got, um, based on your own experience, you're asked to contribute about how to make um, their practice of Better. NHS professionals more yeah, dementia-friendly. Yeah, that's true. All the aforesaid things, really. Yeah. And you believe in making the most of opportunities. I do. Don't you? So up there are some photos. Self-explanatory. The Leamington Memory Walk. Did everybody know there's a memory walk in Leamington? I think there's another one this year. So it's raised money for Alzheimer's. And some of us present and others uh, walked several times around Victoria Park um, to raise money. Mm. You were playing table tennis at the Alzheimer's show at Earl's Court. Oh, that was great. Far too much fun, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and that's you and Hugh with looking like you're on the radio, taking yeah. part in a group discussion, yeah. At, yeah. again, at the Alzheimer's show. Yeah. Um, so the next thing that you want to share, really, is surrounding yourself with tools which steady you yeah. and remind you that God never gives up on us. Yeah. So we're going to just find the other bit of paper. Yeah. And I think this is coming up on the next one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so some of these we're going to read to you and some, one of them we're all going to read together. Okay? Yeah. This is particularly is one that I use frequently. <laughs> and it is, calm me, O Lord, as you still the storm. Still me, O Lord, and keep me from harm. Let all the tumult within me cease. Lord, in your mercy, grant me your peace. And we've put a picture up there of snowdrops, which were um, ones that, again, several of us present here, went together, didn't we, in a car load. Those are actual snowdrops that we saw in February, just before the snow came, um, in Northamptonshire. And that's nature is a, it's a great part of the yeah. calming and the resourcing for yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
And then the next one is two of Vori's favorite verses. For we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how to pray as we should. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with such feeling that it cannot be expressed in words. That's from Romans. And there's a picture of a holding cross. Do you want to say something yeah. about the holding cross? Um, over the years, I've given out loads and loads of um, holding crosses, and I've never usually have, I'm never without one, actually. <laughs> There'll be one in my bag. And I just find it such a good way of just um, reminding yourself that God is with you, will continue to support you in whatever capacity. Um, and it underlines what that verse says, that cannot be expressed in words. Sometimes we don't need words to pray, but we can hold the cross or sing or enjoy nature. Um, and then the other verse is, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, the next couple of slides are some verses that are favourites of Ari's, and I'd like to invite everyone who would like to to join in reading them. Great. So it's entitled, A New Day. Today, Lord, a new day laid open, and here am I, waiting to slip into it. And yet there is a feeling of uncertainty, even fear. Have I the resources, Lord, to meet this day? My child, this is the day I have made for you. Accept it gladly, dance into it, and carry with you the joy of resurrection. Delight yourself in this day as a child delights in all that is new. Revel in it, absorb it, for it is the day that I have made. No. Um, and then the, the last one of these is the courage stone's blessing. This is a Celtic idea of having a stone. Sometimes you pass it round a group and each person tells a story where they've needed the courage. And then it's given to the person who you're praying for to take with them. And it's written by Joyce Rupp and Macrina Vidacare. May you believe in your resilience when you are wintered. May you have the strength you need to bear life's burdens. May you trust the love and mystery within yourself to uphold you. May your winter times of darkness become fruitful sources of growth, gifts to be given to yourself and to our wounded world. And then we have a final section where we kind of widen it out a bit. Yeah. I am inspired and encouraged by people who are writing and speaking about a new way about dementia and thinking about dementia. So two p people in particular that have inspired Vari and who um, you've read quite a bit of their writings. One is John Swinton who's chair in Divinity and Religious Studies at Aberdeen University, and you've met him at Greenbelt, haven't you? I did. And the other is Sally Magnusson, who may be familiar to quite a few people, the broadcaster and journalist, who wrote um, a really inspiring and thoughtful book about caring for her own mother through dementia. And we think that a lot of these quotes that I'm going to read you now are true of people with any long-term condition including mental health conditions. So here are a few examples. Swinton says, the Western way of thinking is, I think, therefore I am. The African way is, 
I am because we are. So, thinking the African way, how do we form the types of community which can hold people's memories well? Ultimately, the memory of who we are is held by God. But we also have a responsibility as a community to hold other people's memories on their behalf. As we've indicated, memory is not just in the mind, but it's in the heart. We have memories of happiness. We have memories of how we felt. In Spanish, the word to remember is recordar. The cor is the word for heart. So we say remember, which is a bit like sort of putting something back together again, a bit like a jigsaw puzzle, quite cerebral really. But recordar means bringing it back to the heart. And it doesn't matter that we can't remember why we're happy. You know when you get a smell and you suddenly feel how you felt when you smelt that smell? Um, and then there's a couple of quotes from Sally Magnuson, and I'd just like to preface this one with my experience of um, caring for my mum. I cared for my mum with dementia um, when I was in my 30s and had two under fives. Um, and when I was finally looking for a residential home for her, uh, the, quest the first question I was going to ask any care manager was, how do you reach someone's spirit when you can no longer go through the mind? because it was important to me how they were going to answer that question. I did find one which is run by churches. So similarly, Sally says, is there such a thing as a separate selfhood, separate from the mind, a secret core of self, which I imagine as a glossy pearl, existing separate and staying safe from the most violent assaults on the mind and on the body. And she also says, a nation discovers its truest dignity when it cherishes the dignity of those from whom it has not heard for a long time. That much I have learned from my beloved mother. And all this time I thought I was the one talking to her. And Swinton continues with that theme about people with dementia talking to us without words. He says, if you can listen to someone, even in the advanced stages of dementia, they're saying something, even if not always in words. And Vari's going to read one more quote from Swinton. It's here. It's here. Our memories. Our memories don't make us who we are. We are what God remembers us to be. Um, and in conclusion, we've got a quote from, you'll remember Jennifer Butte, who we referred to at the start, who was such an inspiration and whose website is called Glorious Opportunity. And this is um, a poem, kind of, that she's written, yeah? Yeah, it can be. It can be a positive journey. It appears that the spiritual being remains true to the end and does not degenerate in the same way as the brain so I can still show love and care and be sure I will still be able oh. okay. I will still be able to pray and be sure of the way ahead mm -hmm. in heaven in heaven, there will be no more tears or sorrow for you or me. And finally, we're going to read you a poem. It was written by Vari's friend, the Reverend Lucy Berry, who is also a URC minister and a poet, and apparently comes under the name of... Mama Poet. Mama Poet. Um, this poem was written for Vari, in Vari's house. Mm. Yeah? Are you going to read the start of it? Um, I need to think first. Yeah. Right. I'm going to move this up a bit so that we okay, can, so can see. Okay. 
Lord God, yours is the kingdom, whatever, wherever. The province of lost coins and lost sheep. The memories of everything lost and found. You know us all our lives. Loved us in our mother's wombs. Loved our stumbling steps and standings up. Loved us in our losses and our posturing. Loved us as much when we went wrong as when we were wronged. You loved us in our going out and our coming back. You watched us from, from you watched oh dear yeah. you watched us from close and when we let you you cared about us when we knew and when we no longer let you care let, let you care for us for us oh dear. and when we were lost you brought us back brought us back to you safely gathered in Lord, self-sufficiency has kept you at bay. Dissolve our love for it. Our clever cleverness pushes you away. Dissolve our love for it. Sophistication prevents our play. So let us pray for you to hold us in the lettings go in which we find you. For you to fold us in the letting go to which you bind us. If we are puzzled by the different womb, meet and calm us. If we are confused by the different room, greet and comfort us. And give us an arm to lean on and the light which gleams on. For yours is the kingdom, whatever, wherever. Amen. <laughs>